Welcome to the Dynasty Dads Podcast. Football rankings, debates, dad stuff with your host, Matt Renshaw. Welcome everyone to this edition of the Dynasty Dads Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Renshaw, and I cannot begin to explain how excited I am for today's episode. We've got a special guest host. We've got a special guest We've got a life update um, from from yours truly, and and I I am just super excited to be here today. Um, first things first, Justin and I had a conversation, and Justin went out to get milk from the grocery store, and he has yet to return. So, we've got a special guest host today. We're going to be joined by Garrett Grev. And we've got a special guest, Mr. Thor Nystrom from NBC Sports Edge, a.k.a. previously Roto World. Uh, But first things first, this podcast is brought to you by DynastyTradeCalculator.com. Stop guessing. Start calculating. Personal news. Uh, It's been been a little bit since since we had a show. Uh, I had a baby. So now we are a family of six. Um, Two boys, two girls... And man, I forgot what it is like to have a newborn in the house. My sleep is way down. Crying in my household with two older daughters and two, a toddler son and a baby son, is way up. Also, my caffeine intake is also <laughs> also way, way up to, to get through the days. Um, and, and today we've got Garrett Grev with us. Garrett, welcome to the show. We we are in a few uh, group chats together with with we're Marvel guys we're dads uh, you've got a, a family pretty similar to my size welcome to the show so happy to have you on hey man I'm glad to be here you know I've uh, we've interacted a while uh, over on the Twitter sphere and have listened to the podcast before so it's nice to be aboard um, and you know I've been doing um, a lot of podcasting around Batman. I'm a host of a Batman podcast. Um, and it's been a minute since I've done fantasy football or, or football content in general. So it's it's nice to get back into the swing of things here with the big Super Bowl coming up here this weekend. It's nice to kind of get back in my football lane. A bit. Well, and you know your stuff. You're not, it's not like we just pulled some some Batman guy off the street. You, you, you've, <laughs> you've done a fantasy show before and, um, I, you know, I, I you're a big Minnesota Vikings fan. Oh yeah, Ish. you can hashtag yeah. extend Kirk. Hashtag extend Kirk. You can find me. You can find me on on Twitter. Uh, fighting with people about whether or not Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback still blows my mind. This is a conversation, and it's just made me a little more militant. I think like my reaction to them has pushed me even further into the Kirk camp. So thanks a lot, haters. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I but, feel but, like but, as much as you've as you've promoted Kirk, he owes you something. So I don't. I don't I I'm know. sure. Uh, I, I, I think so too. I think we should get together. Um, he, he likes to play some music. I like to play some music. There you go. We should get together and uh, lay down some cover tracks of Blink-182 songs, which I don't know if, I don't know if the rest of the country knows this, but he's been on some of the shows and, and played, you know, clips where he and his brother have just like went in and goofed around and done their own version of Blink-182 songs or, and he did like some other sort of more recent, you know, alt pop song, uh, walk the moon or something and the dude can sing too i had oh, yeah. i had no idea yeah, count me in the cousins camp i'll send you the clip when we're done yeah i'll have to i'm gonna look it up as soon as we're as soon as we're done here uh so in in true dynasty dad form uh we start every show with a family story tell me a little bit about your family oh man so i've got a big big family well you know not crazy big not like on the farm in the 1800s big <laughs> but big for modern day america so uh, my wife and i have four little boys um they are nine, seven, five, and two. We had the three, you know, basically every two years. And then there was a little bit more conversation about whether we wanted to go for a fourth. And then we have almost a three-year gap, you know, between the two youngest. Uh, But we have a a lot of fun. It's a lot of energy. Um, You know, they're all uh, pre-puberty age. So the testosterone isn't all the way maxed out yet, but these guys are football diehards. Um, they're always wrestling around with each other. They're big Minnesota Vikings fans. I don't know where they got that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it is all systems go most of the time. And it's really sweet. They're little musicians. I'm into music and I, they like practice singing songs from like 
Hamilton and uh, Disney shows like Encanto and stuff. They're always just like in a room goofing around like art project or playing with Pokemon cards and like singing in harmony with each other. Wow. It's wild. Yeah, you got, it's a, you got a band on your hands up there? Yeah, yeah, basically. We'll, we'll travel around, you know, from small town in Minnesota to small town in Minnesota playing meat raffles or something. <laughs> you you mentioned Encanto. That was going to be my question. How many times have you guys watched it? Because in my house, oh. the thing's on a loop. And it's a loop. It's it's more, I mean, I've watched it. I watched it by myself when it first came yeah, out. And then um, the girls, my oldest two, I've got a six-year-old and a five-year-old daughter and then a 19-month-old son. And we just had our fourth a month ago. And you're in it. Oh my gosh. You are in it. <laughs> I don't, I haven't slept caffeine. No. I have been drinking two, two big old, I mean, I got this, this Yeti here full of coffee right now. Um, but the girls like will drive and they want to listen to Encanto, just the music, the songs, the, you know, the, the, I think we don't talk about Bruno. Oh uh, my gosh. It's a top, what top 10 song, top five song. Yeah. It's huge. They, they said it's, it's actually become bigger than Frozen's Let It Go was, which is wild for me to imagine. But yeah, we watch it all the time. You know how if you watch Netflix for long enough, it's like, hey, are you you still watching? Are you sure you want to watch it? I feel like Disney needs to put that at the beginning of Encanto for us. (laughs) This is the 117th time we've watched this. Hey, but we've got other movies. We're Disney. (laughs) Plenty of options. Right. Really? And like, it's like, no, Lin-Manuel Miranda, let's watch more, you know, and like, crazy. I, I think you were the one that told me, I don't, we, I know we talk occasionally and, and I didn't realize that he wrote the music for it until yeah. I think I'd watched it three or four times. Yeah. We, the first time I saw it, um, I heard the first song and I'm a big Hamilton fan. Yep, I watched uh, In the Heights and um, so I know his style, right? I kind of get, he's got a thing that he does a little bit and it's not repetitive uh, or whatever, but if, if you know what you're listening to, he kind of uses phrasing and tempos of words to stretch rhymes and then hurry little phrases up. And yep. I heard the first song. I'm like, it can't be. That guy can't do everything. And then I heard sure the second enough. song started. I'm like, yeah, that's him. And I Googled it and there it was. So, yeah, the Man. kids are big fans. Yeah, I don't know. It feels like 100 times. It's probably someplace like in the 20s for sure, realistically. Do they have a, do they have a favorite song? Uh, they really like Under Pressure. Um, they yep. love, we don't talk about Bruno, but under pressure is like, they think that's great. And I, that's what, that song gets me hyped. I put it yeah. on my workout mix. <laughs> my, uh, my daughters call that the strong girl song. Can we listen yeah. to the strong girl song? Absolutely. Yeah, man. Yep. It makes me feel like a strong man. That's why I got it. Yeah. Like Jay-Z, Lincoln Park, uh, Coheed and Cambria and under pressure. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this week we did something special. We've got a guest host and we've got a special guest, uh, coming in. We've got Thor Nice from coming in. You kind of have a connection to Thor, which yeah. I had no idea. Both Minnesota guys went to the same high school. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, so yeah, Thor, Thor was a couple years behind me in high school. Um, you know, we knew each other and he had, he was, became pretty close buddies with my close group of buddies that were a year behind me. So I've known him for a long time, followed his career, and then, you know, man, he's just really blown up. I mean, yeah. this is like Mr. College Football. That's right. Not- in, in more than one way. I mean, he's got his, his NCAA leagues right. for, for the PlayStation, and he's. I didn't realize he was the one that introduced me to college fantasy. Like, I didn't yeah, realize it was college. Yeah, it's, huge. yeah. I knew Debbie. I mean, and this is Dynasty Dad, so kind of tying into Debbie. But right. I did not realize that there was it's college fantasy. Yeah, yeah, he loves it. I've, I, he's, he's talked to me about doing it uh, multiple times. It feels like a lot, you know. But yeah. you know, it, it would make your dynasty game better for sure. Oh, absolutely. You'd know, you'd know who's coming in. You'd know. Uh, I, I can't imagine. I haven't jumped in yet. I followed it. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm sticking my toe in the water, and I just haven't, haven't jumped in fully. <laughs> so we are here with. The god of college football, Thor Nystrom. Thor, thanks for joining us today on the Dynasty Dads podcast. Welcome. Um, super excited to have you on. How uh, how was the uh, Malik Willis show this past week? Good to be with you, gentlemen. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was great to be down there. Uh, but you know, we it, one of the days was in a torrential downpour. That was really the, the statement day of Malik Willis. But yeah, it was it was a pleasure to be down there. It was a, it was a ton of fun. A lot of fun to be in Mobile. I liked I like I mean I saw your videos and the updates were nice to to get. Um, you know, we, we talk about you were kind of on Willis before the senior bowl. Um, 
it seemed like his value has done nothing but but jump up. Um, reports that uh, multiple teams are eyeing him. The Steelers' interest seems to be well known. Um, anybody else kind of jump out at you? You were there. You kind of saw it firsthand. As far as teams or as far as? As, as far as teams, as, as I mean, I, I think his – what he did down there was well documented, but if you if you want to speak to kind of what impressed you the most about him while you while you were there, oh yeah, I mean, well, as far as what he did on on the field, I mean, it was sort of across the spectrum. That what impressed me so much was this was not the event that was supposed to behoove Malik Willis's skill set. What the, no, the, the event that is is the NFL Combine. Uh, yes. Malik Willis will be. I, I promise you guys, he will be the star of Indianapolis. He's going to blow the roof off the NFL combine. He will be, you know, the, the riser of the, of the NFL combine. Cause he's one of the most athletic quarterbacks to ever enter the NFL, you know, period. He he's athletically some combination of Lamar Jackson and Jalen hurts. You know, he has like quasi Lamar Jackson speed. He ran a four, three, seven at Auburn as a sophomore. And then he has sort of the body type and the power of, of Jalen hurts. So you're going to see that athleticism if he has the showmanship to do all, all the athletic tests. And I, I, I hope he does. And I, I think he will. Um, but, but for this event, you know, as you guys know, like when you do the, the all-star uh, exhibitions, the postseason ones for quarterbacks, it's a lot of stuff within structure. It's, it, it's mostly a thing uh, within pro style structure. Whereas with Malik Willis, um, you know, especially at Liberty, you know, in that in that Hugh Freeze uh, sort of uh, playground style offense, most of the damage that Malik Willis did, it was outside of structure right. um, and with threat of, of his legs or with his legs uh, overtly um, in this uh, exhibition at, at the Senior Bowl. Um, it, you know, it was almost all within uh, pro style structure, like I said, and he was clearly the best quarterback there. I mean, by far and away. Of the six quarterbacks, he again by by far and away the best quarterback there. Um, in practices, you know, I mean, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it was almost all within structure, and he was the best one there. Going through the progressions, accuracy, touch, um, working the intermediate area of the field, uh, short, I mean, everything. You know, I mean, of course, the deep stuff. You know, and like. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys saw this, but like he destroyed the record for like, uh, you know, fastest throw and, and the velocity and stuff like that, the, the yeah. tracking that, that the senior bowl does with like the zebra technology and stuff like that, the, the ball tracking. Um, but we knew that he had a bazooka coming in, like the, the tools and stuff that, you know, I mean, you know, it's not just the athletic stuff that I just spoke to. It's also that, you know, we knew he had a, a you know, enormous arm. Um, but like the, you know, the, this other sort of stuff that, that was what, um, you know, the question marks were of him coming in. And so to, to go into this event where he was forced into this box, you know, there was nowhere for Malik Willis to hide. He had to play within structure in this thing and he did it. And, and not only was he comfortable, he stood out as the best one of the six within it. Yeah. I think it's so crazy too. When you see a quarterback be able to settle into a, a program or a system that, you know, they haven't been playing that. It's a new set of plays and uh, the schemes are a little bit different to still see somebody have success with that. So impressive. I know, you know, Thor, you've talked about him a lot and I see his name connected to the Steelers as Matt mentioned, but I also um, know that it feels like the Steelers are probably would have to make a move to be able to get their hands on him, especially yeah. after the senior bowl. I can't imagine he's still hanging around for them. I, it, do you, I mean, the other quarterbacks that get mentioned, are they going to have to settle for somebody? Do you think, I know it's not necessarily, we're talking senior bowl and players, not necessarily draft strategy, but would you see a team have to move up to him? Cause the quarterback needy ones are not in the range. I think this guy's going to go. Yeah. I, I think at the end of the day, Malik Willis is going to go in the top 10. So yeah, I mean, the Steelers are outside of that. I think they're going to have to move up and, um, you know, like, you know, people might say like, you know, oh, you know, the Steelers made their their interest obvious in, in Malik Willis at the senior ball. And, you know, last year they did that with Najee and, you know, they, they've sort of done this in the past. And, and what, you know, why would they do that? And, you know, all this sort of stuff. But I don't really think it matters at the end of the day. People, you know, they're all going to go through their process with Malik. You know, they're all going to have their time with that. At the end of the day, his price is going to be what it is. You know, I, I, I don't you know, I think that stuff is sort of overblown his price tag is going to be what it is. And, you know, for the Steelers, you know, again, at the end of the day, they were going to have to pay if they wanted to get Malik Willis, you know, you know, again, at the end of the day, similarly to the way that the 49ers did last year when they went up to get Trey Lance, will they end up doing that? I'm not sure that, you know, that, that's a question we don't know. You know, like I, I, I reported something about the, the Steelers' interest in, in Malik Willis during the Senior Bowl. But the one thing that, that I don't know that I don't think anyone knows is 
just how much do they love Malik Willis? Um, do, do they love him enough to trade, you know, not only picks in, in this draft, but, you know, a first rounder potentially next year or into the future to, to move up to get him? That we don't know. But um, my conjecture at this point, um, you know, just from reading the tea leaves is, yes, he is going to be a, a top 10 pick. Um, teams that, that are in the top 10 right now that I, you know, that, that, that could pop him, um, the Panthers, although stylistically, you know, based on what we've seen of the Panthers, they would seem to be more of a fit for Kenny Pickett, you know, and, and we've heard reports that they're in, more interested in him, um, you know, and Kenny Pickett was, uh, committed to play for Matt rule at, at temple, you know, when, when, uh, uh Matt rule was the, was the coach there. Um, but you know, that a potential fit. Um, you know, and then the Broncos as well, although, you know, that's, you know, being from Minnesota, we, we know that the, the GM there is more of a Kirk Cousins type uh, liking, uh, uh, you know, leaning type guy. And, and Kenny Pickett is more of a, a Cousins like guy. But those are a couple of teams. Atlanta w- would be a team that I think would be a perfect fit for Malik Willis, because for me, Malik Willis. Um, even though I, you know, I, I was, you mentioned this, I, I was higher on Malik than a lot of people heading into the senior bowl. Um, and, you know, I'm even more bullish on him now, but that even being said, I would put him on the Lamar Jackson uh, plan. I would put him on the, the Patrick Mahomes plan. I would draft him with the idea of, I, I want him learning um, as much as possible in year one, even though I, I think he has utility in year one um, because his p- people, and, and let me go on a little bit of a side tangent here. Um People people call him raw um, and, and they call quarterbacks like him raw. I heard this a lot with, you know, with Lamar Jackson, you know, and, and it's it's a way that, that people talk about quarterbacks like this to denigrate them into um, sort of insinuate that there's a chance that 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 they go that they go bust in a way where they, they'll have zero value. There's zero chance that Malik Willis has zero value in the NFL his legs have an enormous amount of value. If, if Malik Willis, uh, if, if he tore both of his rotator cuffs tomorrow in such a way that he could not throw the ball anymore, he would still be drafted as a running back because he would be one of the most athletic running backs in this class, right? He's one of the best runners in this class, just period, you know, in a vacuum, right? Like, you know, his, you know, I'm just athletically, but also, you know, I, I mentioned the power, I mentioned the speed, but also you just watch him running in the open field. You, you saw that, you know, his one run in the senior ball, you know, where he's weaving through traffic and stuff like that. He could be a kick returner, you know, like in, in terms of like his, his vision in the open field and stuff like that. He's a fabulous runner, you know, power, speed, vision, you know, all that sort of stuff. He's an agile runner as well. He breaks tackles and, and you know, and all that sort of stuff. The, 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 the value that his legs bring, it, you know, it, in, in college, you know, was, was enormous, was analogous to, to Lamar Jackson's. And it, it's going to be the same way in the NFL. People talk about like, um, you know, you know, we'll just say like Carson Strong, right? Like he's he's not mentioned as, as sort of like a, a raw prospect, but Carson Strong, his his legs are going to bring you zero value uh, always. You know, he it, it will be a zero proposition forever. Whereas Malik Willis's legs are an, an enormous value going forward, and but th- that's not mentioned with him, right? It's you just get this sort of raw thing, um, you know, and 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 the the but there's two ways to acquire yardage, right? And the leg thing also um, is is something that opens up space for his teammates in passing in a way where you think about it like you know in in, in basketball like a, a spacing thing, right? Like. Um, you know, LeBron James's ability to drive, uh, it opens up spacing for the other players on the court when, when he's, you know, when he's slashing, right? He can kick it out to someone for a shot, right? It's, it, it's the same way with Malik when he's scrambling out, you know, and it opens up spacing for the receivers in, and he can throw it and stuff like that. So there's, there's an enormous amount of inherent value just, just from that. Again, I, I think that there's, there's more cost certainty with Malik um, than, than, than is being implied and his ceiling is is by far the biggest in this class and and that was one of the you know the 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 other biggest reason that i was i was more bullish on him i think than others going in because especially in this class where there is no sure thing that you know that that's sort of the difference between this class and the last class where the last class we had more guys at least that i perceived to be uh sure things you know I, i thought that was a much much stronger quarterback class this class, no, you know, like Kenny Pickett is more of, you know, like I mentioned, Kirk Cousins would probably be a, a very bullish uh, sort of comp for him. Um, Lance Zierlein, I, I saw a comp that he had for him today, which I thought was great. So I'm probably going to steal it. He, um, Andy Dalton in his prime. I, I thought that was perfect. You know, that and prime Andy, prime Andy Dalton, people sneeze at prime Andy Dalton. I, that he had some I'm better than sufficient quarterback play. You know, it's a lot of team issues around the Bengals that held sure him did. back. 
but prime Andy Dalton is nothing that can't help a team. And going back to Malik, you, you talk about, you know, you have uh, the commentary that he's raw, but we've seen, you know, some of those same critiques where they are around Lamar, you get a good head coach and a good offensive coordinator that's willing to adjust their scheme to account for that skill set, And the sky's the limit. You, you wouldn't want a, uh, you know, an old school, maybe um, a stubborn head coach like us Minnesotans are familiar with, with a prospect like that as their, <laughs> as their quarterback to draft, but a, a smart, flexible head coach with an offensive mindset that says, let's adjust to the player's strengths at the sky's the limit. So you, mentioned, you mentioned Kenny Pickett and the Panthers kind of connection. Was there anybody else that, that kind of made it obvious that they were in on a guy like they, they, this was their guy? Um, I, I, you know, I, I think that, 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 you know, the, the Panthers and the Broncos, I, I think, you know, if, if there was two teams in the top 10 that I, I, I would point to that, you know, early on might be interested in Pickett, you know, I, I think those would be the two. I, I heard the Lions might be interested in Willis. Um, you know, I, I don't know, two, two might be rich at, at this point. We'll see after the combine, um, you know, but if, if there was a prime sort of trade down team, um, and, and a team also that would be motivated to pick up more assets. You know, obviously they have that second pick. They're also going to be picking either 31st or 32nd, I think, depending on the results of Sunday's game, because uh, they own the, the Rams pick because of that uh, Stafford trade. Um, it, and then they also have that, that pick, obviously, very high in, in the second round as well. So, so they already have assets, but obviously they have a, a, you know, a whole bunch of uh, holes to fill. But they also um, fit that definition of a team that has a starter for next year, where, you know, a, of a team that I'm looking for with Malik, where you have this sort of bridge quarterback for a year where, where you can, you can bring Malik in behind him and then you can, you can have some packages for him, you know, sort of like the Ravens in, in year one, you know, where they had Flacco still, and you, you can sort of just bring Lamar along. And then, you know, you guys remember still with Lamar in year one, even though he was super duper raw by the end of that year, he was still running, you know, a, a, it was a very limited offense, but he led them to the playoffs, even in that oh, year yeah. one, you know, and it was mostly on, on the, on just on the value of, of his legs. And, and by the way, you know, like his senior year of college, or I'm, I'm sorry, his senior year of high school, you know, I mean, just speaking to how raw Lamar was, you go back to when he was in, in high school in Florida, the offense that they ran, it was basically like 50-50 between like a triple option offense and then just chucking the ball deep. Because like, you know, Lamar was just obviously was like a super freak athlete and then he could he could throw the ball super far. And so they didn't have to do anything else to, to beat people. That was why he was raw because they didn't really run a real offense. And then he went to, to Louisville and he was playing by the end of his freshman year, just because he had those, those skills, but it was mostly just Bobby Petrino leveraging those, those two things, you know, and, and, and that's how they were winning, whatever. And, but, you know, then they start, they started working him in with the, the Patriots offense. They, they ran this Earhart Perkins uh, sort of system, but with Malik, you know, he, he, he was behind, you know, he was at Auburn at first and, and he was behind Bo Nix and he didn't really have the, the same luxury of, of working in an entire system for three years. So, uh, you know, he had to go, uh, you know, and, and then go with, with Hugh Freeze. And, you know, like I said, it was a playgroundy type offense and he didn't get to play with any NFL type guys. So he's a little bit further behind, I think, in the developmental curve um, than Lamar, even though he's, I believe, a year older coming out. But the, the physical skills they're, they're, they're the same. I, I mean, like, and, and maybe even a, a tick better, um, but Lamar, you know, as a passer was a bit more refined, you know, at, at this point, but I think Malik's his, his arm is a little bit stronger um, and he is more fortified as a runner. Um, Lamar might be a little bit more uh, agile, you know, and, and, a, and a tick faster, but that's how I'd, I'd rank the two against each other. So I read, I think Ben Albright tweeted out. Um... Love Ben Albright. That guy's, <laughs> He's awesome, he's, by the way, great guy. Uh, yeah, he's one of my favorites. He gets followers. a lot of. Sh can, can I swear on this thing? Yeah, absolutely. I, I know it's the dad, so I don't want to. No, like, you're, you're you know, like earmuffs if any kids are on <laughs> right. the listening. But yeah, that's all you got to say, earmuffs. Yeah, yeah. He, 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 he's good shit. Great, great guy. Great. Guy. I like. Yeah, I like Ben a lot. I saw he tweeted out. He said Malik Willis was like the number one quarterback, and the number two quarterback at for this week was Matt Corral, and he wasn't there. Oh yeah, exactly. And and his point, I, I thought that was a great tweet. His point was very well taken because you know Malik Willis was very clearly the the standout. And when you tried to rack your brain for who the the second standout of Senior Bowl week was, you really couldn't get there. On on you know you're trying to think like who who is this, the second winner. And when you can't really get there, it it, it becomes clear it's Matt Coral, right? Like because <laughs> you know I mean they're. He was the second one. There right? was no negatives for the guy. Exactly. <laughs> by, by not being there, you know, like every other guy, I, I saw some takes on Twitter that 
that the other five guys, they all at least showed something, you know, right. and, and I think that that, that there's some truth to that, you know, like, um, you know, I, uh, I, I wasn't in the team interviews, but, um, you know, I heard that Kenny Pickett was, was the standout of those. And, um, you know, Sam Howell didn't do anything to embarrass himself on the field. And, um, Desmond Ritter was good on Thursday. Um, you know, uh, uh, Bailey Zappi, I, his arm was, was liver. If that's a, is, is more live is probably the, the livelier. Yeah, there. livelier. There you it's go. it's yeah. in that area. It's livelier. in that area. Uh, then I thought it would be, you know, and so, you know, but none of them, uh, stood out in any sort of discernible way on the field in the same way that, that Malik Willis did. And so it, you know, in that way, um, I, I think, uh, Matt Coral comes out of that where it's like, you know, if he'd been on that field, would it have been him and Malik, right. you know? It kind of brings up the, the conversation point that I've heard a lot is there's a couple guys at the top of this class that could find their way into starting roles or seeing, you know, quite a bit of playing time. And then somebody like, you know, Ritter that I think gets mentioned as a, a developmental prospect, maybe, you know, at the Buccaneers get mentioned with Brady retiring or we'll see whatever happens there, getting another vet, veteran and letting Ritter develop for a little bit. Uh, it, it, does that kind of feel right to you or is anybody else you think is kind of primed to be able to move up and have a, a, a producing role right away? I think, I think that's the way that Ritter is going to be seen. Absolutely. And I think that's the way he's going to be drafted. So I, I agree with that. Um, I'm out on that though. Like I'm, I'm out on Ritter. Um, but I, I do think he's going to be seen as like, a, um, sort of like, a, um, like a discount Daniel Jones, maybe, you know, kind of okay. like that. Like um, he's sort of a, you know, he, he's, he's got the quasi dual threat uh, elements. He can push it down the field a little bit. Um, my issue with him is, is he's, he's risk averse um, to, to a, to a, a degree that I think hurts his game. Number one, and he struggles with the accuracy and the touch and he knows it. Um, and so like, because he's risk averse, he will, he will just totally shy away. Um, like he does he he's it's been drilled into his head not to turn the ball over and that's great you know he he doesn't put the ball in in harm's way but because of those accuracy and 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 the touch issues he's not going to you know again put put the ball in 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 harm's way or whatever so um for instance on uh i'll just go to a real world example like on on wednesday last wednesday when when we were in the downpour in mobile when malik willis when he just so clearly was was better than everyone the ball was just shooting out of his hands the, the elements were not affecting his throws at all that, you know, the ball was just popping, just slicing through the rain, everything like that, hitting the receivers on the hands. Desmond Ritter appeared to be spooked. Um, you know, a couple of times he missed uh, um, like screen passes, you know, like the, wow. the ball, like didn't get to the running back. And then after that, he was trying to scramble out of the pocket because he clearly did not want uh, errant throws on tape for the scouts afterwards. And so he was now trying to direct receivers to block for him, scrambling out of the pocket when again this is an event that's supposed to be within structure you're supposed to be giving reps also to your teammates to the cornerbacks to the receivers everyone like that to you know throw the ball to the linemen whatnot it's not supposed to be you scrambling you know outside of you know a design Desmond Ritter scramble whatever so stuff like that and you see that on tape as well where um it, 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 it's not to this degree, but, um, you know, a, a, a year or two ago, um, was it two years ago? You, you guys remember Tyree Jackson from Buffalo? Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah, you know, the, the huge kid, and he had a big army. He was a dual threat. Was that two years ago he came out? I, I forget. Two. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people were excited about him, but the, the thing that really scared me about Tyree Jackson was he had to see the kid wide open before he would throw it. He had to see him wide open. And when he saw him wide open, then he would, you know, he'd, you know, he was like, the, you know, one of those giants from Game of Thrones where he'd pick up the rock and he'd reel back. way back. <laughs> exactly. And by the time, you know, he finally got the thing back and he hurled that stone. It's like, yeah, he's got a big arm and, and all that sort of stuff. And he throws the ball, you know, at hard. But by that point, he has telegraphed where the thing is going. Um, and his accuracy and his touch isn't very good. You know, so it's like, yeah, he can run fast and he can throw it hard and all that stuff, but, and he can more or less see who's open, but he's not throwing it unless he knows the guy's wide open. And by that point, everyone knows where the ball's going. So especially, especially translate into the pros. Yeah. It just doesn't fly. The NFL that ain't going to work. Right. And the opposite of that is anticipation throwing, right? Like that, that's why the scouts always talk about throwing people open anticipatory throwing. Right. So like when you're talking about like a, a polarity of these things, 
that's the opposite of it. And uh, Desmond Ritter, uh, that's that's the concern for me. He doesn't do that that Tyree Jackson thing where he he he'll throw it in that scenario and put the ball in play, but uh, or you know in harm's way. But he just won't throw it in in, in that thing, right? Like when he thinks that the DB will get to it, and then uh, you know, and since he he didn't get himself into his as many uh, uh, sticky situations with that because he could run or, or or whatever. But in the NFL, the the D is going to get there quicker, and I, I think it could be a bigger problem for him. So for me, he, he's he's a lower end prospect for me. I, I don't see him being a long term starter. There's certainly people that disagree with me. I uh, you know I think PFF. They might have even had him as as QB one coming in. They might even have him a QB one now. Um, but wow. I, I I disagree uh, with that take. I I think I got him. Uh, um, I I got my uh, I haven't put my my rankings out, but I I got my rough draft ones of my sheet here. Um, and I'll tell you boys, I'll I'll break some news here. I I got him I got him QB six in my in my list right now. Ooh. So, Ooh. Yeah, there's an exclusive for there's the show, Matt. That's <laughs> big <we> time. <laughs> no. I, I, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of his. Moving to the Super Bowl, the the biggest game this weekend. Who who are you rooting for? Is is the first question. The softball. Uh, I, well, I'm I'm rooting for. I guess I'm rooting for the Bengals. My man. Yeah, and I I think that's kind of the consensus among everyone is everyone's rooting for the Bengals, but everyone thinks the Rams are going to win. Yes? No? Is that? I mean, is, are we in agreement here? I think it's the Bengals got- are going to win. Okay. Oh, I love it. I love this. Cause I mean, th- that that's been a thing, right? Like you see like people that your casual NFL fans, right. If there's such a thing are saying like, Oh yeah, Rams, let's see the Rams really show up. A lot of people are saying, you know, I'm rooting for the Bengals cause who doesn't love the story, but I don't right. think they'll win. I love Thor going big and saying that's the, that's the team that's coming on top. Yeah. I mean, you know, well, and, and maybe, you know, you know, whether I'm biased or whether I've just seen this movie before, you know, I, I'm a, I come from college football, you know, I, I watched the 2019 LSU uh, Tigers. I had a front row seat from the first game they played Texas in Austin, you know, all, all the way through the end. And that, that team, you know, at the, at the very beginning, you know, it was a shootout against, against Texas, you know, they were back and forth and then, you know, it was up, 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 up. And at the beginning, we didn't know that they were good. Just like, this Cincinnati Bengal team at the, at the beginning of the season, you know, the odds makers, you know, they, you know, they, there was a tweet from the beginning of the, you know, or last week or whatever, where they had the same odds coming into the season as Jacksonville, you know, the Jaguars, you know, and wow. that's how they were seeing coming into the season. And, you know, I mean, you know, every week, you know, they, they sort of gone up, 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 up. And, um, you know, uh, you know, the, their last game, you know, I, hell, I, you know, that was the day before I traveled to, to Mobile for the combine. I left uh, right before halftime when I think the score was 20 to three. I literally left to go uh, uh, to, to shop for stuff for the combine, like I, to, to go and get snacks and stuff like for, you know, for, for my luggage. Right. Like, cause I thought, I thought the game was over. I, I was like, well, this is a, a free window that I'll have before the, you know, the next thing, you know, there's not going to be anything. And then they come back and win the thing. You know, I, I luckily I got back for that, you know, the overtime or whatever, but um, you know, you can't count that team out and, and, you know, Burrow ridiculous uh, chase ridiculous. And, and the rest of the stuff that they built, it's, it's coming along much quicker than, than we thought it would. And, and I think they also, you know, in, in, an, in a very underrated way, I think they match up better against this Rams team than people are thinking. And I, I also don't think that this Rams team is a, is a juggernaut at all. I, I, I think that people are giving uh, the Rams undue credit, you know, like, cause you have a lot of these names on paper and I think people expected them to be this such and such a thing that they have not been. And they just keep expecting that. And they keep giving them credit for being that. Um, and, and they're just not that. Whereas the Bengals are, they're showing that they're this thing but we're still not giving them credit for being this thing that they're showing that, you know, they're ahead of schedule. And I, I think we might see that on Sunday and I think they might shock the world and it might not actually be a shock. Wow. I, I love it. And not just because it's sort of uh, confirmed some thoughts I've had throughout the season, but as we've watched this Bengals team, you know, make their way through, they they've come together you know, very organically, right? The sort of the offense has started to click together. You're seeing more out of Joe Mixon, who has kind of been, had kind of become the forgotten man of, you know, call it the top 12 running backs or so. The connection to Chase is there. Burrow's just a stud. And their defense is, I mean, they can hit you in the mouth. The Rams, they've had games throughout the season where I'm like, this is a fraud team. You know, like if there's such a thing, this is a fraud team. This is a patched together team 
whose uh, sum is not bigger than its parts. And when when the big bright light hits it, you just don't know. I, I could see that happening. I'd love for it to happen. I'd love it for Bengals fans. I feel like, you know, as a Vikings fan, my heart goes out to that Bengals fan base too. Uh, you know, get yourself a Super Bowl ring. I'd be I'd be pumped. Awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's a the Rams team. It's a lot of disparate parts that is it's built with a, a bunch of mercenary players. It, mercenaries, it's mercenaries. Like, yeah, yeah. It's it's sort of the opposite of what we have been taught all of our lives is the correct way to build a championship team. You know, and and they've gone for broke, trading all of their their future assets to to get all these guys for for this one last run. And we'll see if it ends up working out for them. But you know, it, it, it's not just the mercenary thing and, and these guys that haven't uh, played together. It's, it's also, they don't have a, a good running attack. You know, I, I don't, I don't trust any of those guys with that. They have, they have a quarterback that, uh, you know, if, if you want to go back to the cliches and, and championship football and that, you, I, I don't trust him with that, um, you know, and, and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, the, the defense that has holes as well. Um, you know, and, and, and specifically, I, I think in this game, like, you know, people might coming into this game might be focusing on, you know, their, uh, the Rams pass rush, you know, might be able to overwhelm the, the Bengals uh, offensive line. But, you know, the, the way that I see it is there's a big hole in, in the way that the Rams defend the intermediate uh, area of the field specifically that I think if, 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 if Zach Taylor and, and the offensive brain trust of the Bengals has any brains whatsoever, and, and by the way, if they don't, uh, Joe Burrow most certainly does. They're going to attack that intermediate area with impunity. And that's the way that you beat that Rams pass rush. And the Bengals most certainly have the weapons to do that because uh, Tyler Boyd is an assassin in the intermediate area. He has been going back to pit. Um, and then you mentioned Joe Mixon. Um, I, I hope that Zach Taylor will uh, have the discipline to stop uh, just handing the ball to Mixon on first down every time. You know, it's a, you know us being from Minnesota. You know, the, there's the thing of Joe Mauer. Remember, he just took the first pitch fastball every time. So every just, time you, he, it would be a you know you get a free strike on on Joe every time, and 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 that's what the Bengals have been doing. You know, with the you know just handing it off on the first play every time. You know, it's you, you get you give the defense sort of a freebie. Um, you know, if they can at least play against against type on that, they're going to get more yards. But um, you know, with Mixon, I, I think where you're going to get value in, in this game is, uh, you know, attacking that intermediate or, or attacking mm -hmm. short and, and allowing him to run into the intermediate. It's, it's the quick stuff. Um, I think that's how they're going to beat uh, the, the, the pass rush of, of, of L.A. Um, and then I think, um, you know, once once you, you start to do that, um, I, I think the other way that you're, you're going to beat it is, you know, the, the handoffs and, and beating the over pursuit, you know, of, of guys like Von Miller and, and, and stuff like that. So I, I think that there's a way that you can um, sort of play uh, L.A.'s strengths against them uh, when you're the offense against the defense matchup as well. I think the Rams get too much credit in their secondary, too. You know, they 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 give up some catches and, you know, for the stars that they have or you know, guys that were used to really showing up and locking people down entirely, you know, it, it doesn't happen the same way anymore. For some reason, there's been a, there's been a fall off there. And when you have a threat like Jamar chase, yeah, you know, you, to get him deep, you're going to have to protect, protect that quarterback for a while, but they'll get some of those shots. And, you know, Ramsey has not been as intimidating as a threat as I think people still remember him being. For sure. Yeah. And, and if, if you can do the thing that I, I just said, um, and, and you're able to start nicking away at them in that way, um, for, you know, yeah, it, it's going to facilitate that. Um, but also you're not going to, nobody is going to shut down Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. It, it, it's not <laughs> going to happen. No. Um, it, it hasn't happened. You know, that, that it's, it's just not a thing. It, it's, it's not going to happen. Um, you know, in, in, in part because uh, he can do the, sh you know, the short stuff, right? Like, you know, you can hit him short, 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 and then you have to play up on him and, you know, and, and then they can, they, they can go deeper or whatever. But also, you know, if, if they're hitting you with all this, you know, nicking you in the intermediate area with the other guys, it's, it's going to force uh, schematic uh, changes with the defense that's going to open up, you know, the, the stuff deeper on. So, I mean, I think in people's heads, you know, they think about this stuff just sort of static, you know, when, when that's not the way that, that, that the game plays out, you know, if one thing that you do tends to flower out and, and, and affect the way that these other things go out, you know, it's like, you know, in boxing, you know, combos, you know, one punch affects the way that the other, you know, punches go. And so, um, yeah, that he, he's certainly going to be able to get deep. Those shots are going to be there. Um, and, and Jamar Chase, I, I trust him in, in one-on-one -on -one situations downfield against anybody. And, and they're certainly going to get those shots. Absolutely. 
So Garrett, you mentioned the Vikings. I'm not going to have two guys from Minnesota on and not talk talk Vikings. Um, Thor, I know I know Garrett is on team extend Kirk. Uh, the Vikings have had a pretty busy offseason. What are your thoughts on kind of everything that's going on in Minnesota? Well, this is going to be the part of the show where he and I disagree on a lot of stuff. I, <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was going to happen. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I'm on I'm on team blow it up, um, and I, I hope I hope that's where we're going with with the new hires. But uh, you know, if it was me, I'd be I'd be with Kirk. It would be we're we're taking him out to the auction block and we're trading him for the the highest bidder and. I would be sitting dead red on trying to draft Malik Willis after that. Um, you know, the, the NFL doesn't go as far as, as I would go on this typically, but um, I wouldn't care how many games I win next year. Um, you know, I, I would, fuck, I, I'd start Kellen Mond next year, knowing that I'm going to win two games, you know, cause I Kellen Mond sucks. That, that would be the value that I would recoup from the third round pick with Kel, Cause uh, you guys might know, I, I did not want to spend a third round pick on Kellen Mond, but that's the way you're going to get the value back from that pick is winning two games with Kellen Mond. So you can get a top three pick the next in the next class, get another stud to play with Malik Willis. And now, now we're cooking going into the future. Maybe we can build a Super Bowl contender because you, you ain't gonna you ain't winning a Super Bowl paying that much money to Kirk. And listen, he we we may Garrett and I may agree on Kirk Cousins as a player in a vacuum, but with the, with the money that you have to allot to Kirk, we we we've seen that we, you know with the cap hit that you have to do, we ain't building a Super Bowl winner with, with the amount of money that you got to pay to Kirk. Yeah. Well, I'm, and I'm a huge fan of Cousins. I think he's I think he's a a high quality quarterback. Yes, I, th- I think I think he can do. Um, I think he can do everything you ask of him to do uh, and more. You see games where he plays kind of outside what people expect from him sometimes. And Thor, your, your thoughts on this are one far more nuanced than most of the chuckleheads on Twitter that just say like, Oh, we got to get rid of Kirk and blow it up and start all over without any thought process of what to do. Most of those critics don't go so far to say as they're willing to, to stomach a three win season, which is I think realistically what we're looking at. But mm-hmm. the Mon pick was so bad and terrible. Terrible. I mean, just a complete blunder yeah. um, that have finding a way out from that situation might mean you have to do some ugly things. And, you know, for so of the fans um, that say, you know, get rid of Kirk, but, you know, go sign somebody, go trade for somebody, pick up somebody like, you know, go get Watson or something absurd, in my opinion. All of those, all of those arguments are pointed at still having a successful season next year. If if someone says, "Hey, I think we need to get rid of Kirk, uh, get some assets, suffer for a little bit, and then do a rebuild for long term success," I can understand that logic. It's not my personal preference because, man, do I hate sitting through you know dog shit seasons. But that's a totally different presentation than what I. Um, <laughs> Matt sees me consistently fight and rally against on Twitter. Yeah. You know, for, for me, it's, it's, you know, and this is, this is hopefully the way that, that I, I, I hope that the new GM sees, sees it as well, you know, from an analytics, uh, you know, background or whatever, but it, it's, it's about Super Bowls and that goes both ways, you know, uh, it, you know, whether if, if you're not competing for them overtly, you have to do the things that are going to put you in the best position to win them in the future. And, that's bottoming out. If, if, if you're not, you know, if you can't win them now, it, it, it's bottoming out and it's getting the assets that are going to help, help you do it in the future. And, you know, as we know that, you know, this is, this has become a cliche at this point, the biggest cheat code in the NFL at this point, it's having a stud uh, quarterback on a rookie contract a rookie deal. Yeah. Yep. And it as that is. clock starts to tick, it gets tougher and tougher. Yep. And if, 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 you know, for instance, you draft Malik Willis and he hits that ceiling, Right. And, and now it's in year three and he's a top six NFL quarterback. Right. And, and you have him for three more years. Yeah. You are now in a three year for sure. Super Bowl window where where you prime prime Super Bowl window. Um, at least, you know, and then going forward, you have him for, you know, presumably for the rest of it as well. But at least for those three years, you have a huge window. Um, and, and, and if you miss on him, you know, hey try again yeah. keep trying Th- that's the way that i would see it now you know of course if the gm misses now he gets fired and you, 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 you yeah. got to do it over again right. but the, the way that i would see it as an owner is let's keep shooting the shots because you know what i don't want is what we in my opinion this is suffering as an nfl fan going nine and eight eight and nine nine and eight eight and nine for me that is directionless yeah. uh, i i would rather go you know the three and 
14 now. I, yeah, 14 I still get screwed now. up with the thing. I, know. Um, I, I still call them the San Diego Chargers from time to time, too. So change is hard in all areas. <laughs> as long as it's with a direction, as long as it's clear that you're building the pieces, right? Like, you know, and, and you're, you know, you're, 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 you're building, you're trading, you're, you're acquiring the pieces, you're, you know, stuff like that. You're not throwing away your cap space and, and, and stuff like that. In, in, in this instance, if I was taking over this team, Again, I, I would try to trade Kirk. That, that would be the first thing I would do. And then if, if, if I was able to do that, I would I would try to trade Delvin. I would try to trade Thielen. I, you know, that's what I would try to try to trade Daniel Hunter. You know, see if the Giants want him, right? Like, you know, his, his buddy went there and he put the picture up. They got two high first round picks. I, you know, let, let, let's see if they're shopping. But th- that's the way that I would do it. I would acquire picks in the next draft as well. Um, I wouldn't really care what my record is next year. And especially for my job security, I assume that the Wills would, you know, essentially put me on a year zero proposition next year. And I think this fan base is smart enough to know, like, uh, you know, if you explain it to them, I'm, I'm, you know, we're blowing this thing up because I'm trying to build a Super Bowl winner. I don't want to go eight and nine or nine and eight every year. That's why you guys fired Zimmer. That's why you fired Spielman, because you don't want to be in that quagmire every year where it's like either we just miss the playoffs or we get knocked out in the first round every year we're going for it we're trying to win so that that's what i would try to do so looking i mean you've had you've got a lot of experiences you've, you've won a few awards you know what do you have one professional accomplishment that sticks out to you like what 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 is your number one thing that you've done i would say that the number one thing um was probably i probably winning the FSWA um, award. I, I won uh, in 2018. I, I won the college football writer of the year award was, was really cool. Um, you know, as, as far as in sports writing, um, just being acknowledged for that was, was, you know, it was sort of like a, a pinch yourself sort of a thing. Um, just cause I never thought, you know, like that, that, that would happen. Um, I, you know, and, and, you know, almost to the point where you're kind of bashful about it, you know, like, cause it's, um, you know, you get into this because you love it, right? Like, you know, like um, I've been obsessed with the draft since I was like a little kid. I've been obsessed with college football since I was a little kid. You know, I played the NCAA, you know, you guys know. Yeah. Like, you know, like that. NCAA 14, is that a thing you're into? Is that a. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've never heard of this before. Yeah. And then going, you know, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll date myself. I'd say the first year of that game that I played, you know, going all the way back. But, uh, you know, like, you know, that, that's just sort of my jam. And so like, you know, you, you do it cause you, you love it and you're, you're just lucky to have gotten into the profession. And so, um, you know, what, what it's about, it's, you know, I suppose the, the way that you would, you would put it is it, it's about the process, you know, and it's, um, you know, and, and sort of like that. And so, um, you know, getting an acknowledgement for it, um, which is sort of cool, you know, just like, um, you know, an idea that maybe you're, you're doing some things right. You know, so I, I guess that that was, you know, that was cool. That was your, yeah. uh, right. Rightfully so. I know that was, um, you know, a, a lot of uh, a lot of us knew, you know, Thor's out there doing some stuff and writing about sports and, and building a nice little career. In 2018, there was, you know, some text messages going around like, hey, did you like local boy makes good? How about that? So <laughs> I, I can understand why that's uh, on your Mount Rushmore for sure. Yeah. I didn't even know that anyone was noticing any of my stuff oh, at, come that, on, you know, at that time. Come so. on. Yeah. So humble. It's been, so it's humble. Been, so gracious. It's been cool. It's been cool. Yeah. 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 You do. I mean, I've been, a, I've been a fan of yours for a while. I love, I love what you do. I love watching kind of your stuff. The the NCAA 14, just, just the cherry on top of, of the other things that you do. So thanks for, thanks for coming on today. Thanks for, I mean, probably too much of your time. Uh, I really appreciate it. Here's your shot, you know, pub, anything you want to pub, tell everybody where they can find you. Oh yeah. And, and I was going to say too, about the NCAA 14, uh, one funny thing about mobile last week is you guys have no idea how many people challenged me to NCAA 14 uh, games, like in, you know, like when I was meeting them in, in mobile, you know, the first time in person and, and those people, they were lucky, you know, they, cause it was probably in jest. They knew that I, I didn't have it with me. They will not be so lucky in Indianapolis. <laughs> I, I saw you challenged somebody to the big screen game in the, in the, in the dome. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, anyone later this month, if, if they challenge, I will have that thing with me. So they, they better be prepared to play and, get, and play on a stream. People will watch it. I guarantee. Oh yeah. That, yeah. You'll make, yeah, you could, you could charge for that. I feel the same way about uh, super Mario brothers, three skills for myself, just to put that in. Okay. You would destroy <laughs> me. In that. Anyone would destroy me in any game, except for NCAA. Like that's the only game I could play, you know, but um, anyway, all comers in Indianapolis, all comers. <laughs> I'll play anywhere, any, anytime, anyone. That's awesome. Um, 
as far as far as my you can find me on Twitter at Thor KU um, and MEC um, Sports Edge where all the NFL draft stuff, uh, uh, the senior bowl stuff is up now. Actually, um, another uh, piece of breaking news. My first mock draft of the, the whole process will be on Monday. Post Super nice. Bowl mock nice. draft. I, I went through the whole I, I've already done. I've, I've laid it out um, now. Now I got to I got to do the write up. So I'm, I'm going to be working on those th- this weekend. But uh, mm. I've had a lot of fun going through and, and, and starting to do the, the whole practice. So anyway, look out for that on Monday. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thor. Appreciate you, boys. Thanks, man. So so not every Minnesota Vikings fan is on team extend Kirk. No. I think you knew I, that, though. Yeah. Yeah, you should see my mentions. Yeah, I know. <laughs> are those fans or are those people that just want to argue about it? I think it's – I think, you know, so here's the deal. Like I said with Thor, he has a well-articulated point of view and is willing to say, yeah, you know what, I would blow this up downgrade acknowledge right. that it's a downgrade at quarterback and then do the long-term investment to get to you know two to three years from now a super bowl window of three years like yeah. that's just fine the people online are trolls you know they're trolls yes. they're trolls or they're people that just and i don't mean this in like someone with a superiority complex or a gatekeeper it's people just that don't understand the game to the level that you know because yeah. you can argue about whether or not kirk's worth the money you really can't argue whether or not he's a good good quarterback. quarterback. Absolutely, right. that's a that's a different conversation. If you're so, trying to win, he'll win you games. But like Thor mentioned, he doesn't want to win. He he will absolutely tank, take the three year or the year of bad play to right. get the three year Super Bowl window. Yeah, and get yourself a you know if you can hunt and pack and find that rookie quarterback on a cheap deal yep. that can bring you to the promised land before his contract balloons. I mean. Do it's it. a proven strategy. Yeah. I still like Kirk. Still hashtag. <laughs> hey, so to end the show, we're going to, we're going to go through some, uh, some prop bets. I am a uh, terrible teacher and I introduced my students to prop betting. That's and great. Good for you. <laughs> every class you. I did a, uh, I, not money and they didn't have to put anything in to do it, but the, the students that got the most right got a candy bar. Just, just something simple. Just keep them engaged. Whatever, watch the game. Kids that wouldn't normally do it. So I've got, uh, I've got a few here. Uh, obviously, you got the heads and the tails. Um, sure, classic national, national anthem over Length? under. Yeah, over under a minute and two seconds. And I'm thinking, no, I'm sorry, two minutes and two seconds. Two minutes. I was going to say that's pretty quick. I'm going to take the over. I, I was. I'm. T- I think under on two. It's like yeah. Two minutes, two and a half seconds. I'll take the under. I don't honestly. I don't know who's singing it. I haven't looked. I don't know who's singing it either. But I think typically it's a. I thought under... two fourteen was one a couple of years ago when Alicia Keys was singing it. Yeah, and but I... she she sang it long. I remember that. Like yeah. Like, oh yeah, she kind of took her time. Yep. So I, I would go under. I'd go under. I think I always on coin toss. Uh, Tails never fails. Sure. I don't know if that's if that's a Minnesota Midwestern thing. That's just that's that's always been my when you flip a coin, I'm always taking tails. Yeah, because you don't want to be basic. No, you know? no, no cap. Oh, yeah, no cap. All, <laughs> all these jokers are out here picking heads like they're unique. You be the guy Come that on. gets tails. Tails they never won't. fails. You might not get it, but they'll remember. <laughs> tails. <laughs> uh, over under. I had kids ask me, "What does this mean?" And I'm like. Okay, they're gonna score more than 48 and a half points. How do you score a half point? Oh, come you on, don't. it's just you so don't. you don't tie. Yeah, uh, I, I'm gonna go over. Yeah, I think so. I think and if so. it's not, and I, I none of the, one of them's like a Super Bowl MVP, uh, being a quarterback or a non quarterback. If the under hits, I imagine a quarterback is not gonna win the MVP. Yeah, if you could parlay those, that would be. Yeah, that would, that would be a good bet. I couldn't I, get into parlays with them. They wouldn't they wouldn't get no. It. Well, yeah, if they're asking how you can score half a point <laughs> right. over under they're not there. Mr. Renshaw has a little work to do here. And uh, I'm not going after, super deep in. I, I don't want to get myself in trouble, no. but no, you want to like have some parent call you up at, you know, 8 p.m. Like, corrupting my child <laughs> with you your doing? gambling. My child's right? looking at DraftKings now. It's not legal <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah, they've lost all of their savings. They aren't going to college ever now, and it's um, all your fault. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I would, offensive play is run or pass, and I think it depends on who gets the ball. Yeah, I think if Cincy gets the ball, it's like definitely a run because right. 
like we talked about with Thor. <laughs> they, they they love to just, oh, it's first down. Here you go, you go Joe. Yeah. You know, there you go. And then I don't know if they're they become self-aware in the Super Bowl and go, all right, we're not gonna do that. But um they try my, to flip my, their own script. My favorite of the ones I gave them, I think my favorite one was jersey number of the first touchdown score. And it's even or odd. So like we didn't need to pick players oh, sure. or and I'm like, I don't even know who is what number. Like Akers I, is 23. Odell's three. Odell's three. Um Cup is 10. Yep. Uh let's see, Bengals chases one. What's Robert Woods? Oh wait. Robert Woods is torn ACL outfit. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say he's, he's not there. That's why. Well, it's not why OBJ is there. They signed him first, well, but yeah, you know, ended Higby's up out. being Higby is out. Um, so I, I uh, T Higgins is eighty five. So I think if the Bengals score first, it's probably an odd. Yeah, and and that's the overwhelming majority. I think odd is is the favored choice there. Yeah, I would go odd. Yeah, uh, running through running through their jerseys. I had a I had a little bit of Bengals across some of my fantasy teams this year, so. Do you do DFS? Is it is it legal up there? It's legal. I'm not particularly into it. I have such a hard time. I get overextended, and I don't know what your listeners, how many leagues they're in or how many you're in, but like I I said I was going to start pairing back, and then I ended up with a dozen this you, last you year. You added a dozen? or No, no, oh, I ended okay. total, total. Gotcha. Oh, okay. After getting down to five. But you know how it is. You get like a cool group of people on Twitter, like, you know, some industry peeps and you right. get invited. You're like, well, I don't want to say no. Right. Or you get asked to join a charity league. Cooter Doodle had a, a, a sweet charity league. I ended up winning it. But like it was the goofiest scoring system you'd ever seen. So it's not just like nerf the quarterback. You get points for interceptions. I Daniel Jones worked out great. Wow. Uh, great. Yeah. Kickers. If you miss a field goal, if you miss an extra point, you got like 10 points. It was nuts. Do you have um, a, you had a green base kicker then? Yeah. Yeah. Just any special Crosby team. Just green Bay worked fun. But then like, that was a weird scoring system, but I'm like, well, I want to win this. Yeah. So I like <laughs> spent probably too much time figuring out how <laughs> to game all the story. bad players. Exactly. Uh, and then I just always find myself like not having the time to do the lineups. Yeah. But I, I like, I like the concept of it. I do it during the playoffs, you know, yeah. like, that's that's fun. I think that's easier. Less less teams to pick from, easier to make a lineup. Less. Yep. Yeah. Uh the the ever popular um color of the Gatorade bath, your choices were white or clear or any other color. Oh man, I'd go any other color. Absolutely. I'm taking the odds there and and not yeah. even the bet the field. Yeah. There's so many flavors. And and if I was if I was going to be pressed to give one answer. I just feel like the classic lemon lime yellow yeah. is, I mean, that's the, that's the, that's the classic. Do they, I, I, maybe I'm, I'm I, do they do it anymore? Like, I don't remember seeing it. Like they used to make a big deal about it and I don't think it's a huge deal anymore. Yeah. I don't. I can't think of the last time I saw a coach get it. They do it every once in a while. And it, it, I think it depends you know, certainly in the playoff games, you get a little more camera coverage for post game. They're not rushing off to 60 minutes or whatever the heck's on next. You know? <laughs> yeah. But it's, I don't think it's nearly as, as prevalent as it used to be. It's probably because coaches just got really sick of it. Like, listen, man, I got to go talk to the press. Yeah, I don't want to go sticky. Yeah. Now I'm like, I'm covered in drying syrup, guys. Right. This is Do water. Okay. Water's okay. Water. It might be cold for a second, but. Right. Um, so last question to kind of get out of here. Um, dynasty dads, we're going to, we're going to go a little bit away from football, but what you've got, you've got four kids. You've been a dad for almost 10 now. Is there one moment that like sticks out as like the most proud dad moment? Oh yeah. I've got a number of them and you know, I'm proud of, it's hard to pick one. I'm sure it is. It's really tough. It's really tough. So let me preface this. If the children ever listen to this episode, boys, (laughs) Don't be jealous of your brother, um, but nothing has been uh, given away yet. No, 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 no. Well, this will give it away pretty quickly. So our oldest, Michael, um, was uh, a micro preemie. He was born very, very, very prematurely. 
He was one pound, 13 ounces. And he spent, wow. you know, well over a hundred days. It was like 113 days in the hospital before we could bring him home. Dang. And, um, you know, a lot of medical risks, right. a lot of things that we had to watch out for. And, um, you know, over the first couple of years, he just wasn't growing. He wasn't thriving the way we wanted him to be, or the doctors wanted him to be. So we went back into the hospital, Michael and I moved into the hospital for a month straight, um, two months after my wife had had our second child. So she was home with the baby and Michael and I were living in children's hospital in Minneapolis and he had a feeding tube, uh, ultimately had a feeding tube put in and that was in for about three years just to help him grow really scary as yeah. a parent, especially their Absolutely. firstborn, but they're, 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 um, not horrifically uncommon and they really help out, you know, these little guys that are, scr- yeah. are struggling. And, uh, but he wasn't kind of gaining weight. He wasn't quite, you know, doing as well as we wanted. And they had us on this formula and I said, you know, what I'm going to do <laughs> sounds ridiculous. Given the current terms, we're talking about medicine. I'm going to do my own research. Um, <laughs> and, but I met with some nutritionists and read some things and we started making our own formula for what we fed him through the tube. And it was nuts, man. It was like salmon and uh, whole fat yogurt and olive oil and spinach and like peanut butter and all this stuff. And all of a sudden it was like this perfect mix. Like he was getting better nutrition than any kid that ate their own food ever. Right. Like no three-year-old, four-year-old would ever get these type of nutrients. And he started growing and he started putting on weight and he's just, you know, and our goal was to get him off of this thing. Right. By the time he went to kindergarten, because he was a little self, self-conscious and other kids, you know, they don't, yeah. they're not poor and they're, they don't have ill intentions, but kids notice things that are different. Right. Especially at that age. A hundred percent. It's just yeah. natural. And um, he went from being not even on the sort of growth chart to being the second percentile to being the 22nd percentile to being into the thirties. And it was like, I figured out how to science this kid. That's cool. Now, and he worked really hard on it. And, um, you know, it's amazing because he got off the feeding tube when he was five. This last summer was the first year that he was able to do a flag football competition. And this was a kid they said they told us might never walk, might not really see. And he had an interception and three catches, one for a touchdown in that game. And I'm like, this is my kid. I was, he told me about it. I'm like bowling, driving. Yeah, dude, I'm getting, I'm getting feels hearing about it. I was like, Michael, uh, could you please tell me that again? As I pull the car over to the side of the road, there's some dust here. Yeah. 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 And he's, he's become a really, uh, a really uh, good football player. He's just a smart kid. And, um, you know, it's, some, some kids naturally have things come easy and some kids don't and yeah. helping Michael work through the stuff that hasn't always come easy is, is something that's incredibly f- fulfilling for me as a parent. I mean, you know, it's fun to have a fantasy football website or a podcast or host a Batman show or have success at work or whatever, but right. that's the stuff. Yeah. That's the good stuff. That's right cool. Yeah, man. That dude, thanks. For, I had no idea where that was going, but like, that's a cool, <laughs> yeah. that's a cool story. Yeah. Well, hopefully the listeners stuck around for it. Like (laughs) this guy talked to, you know, this Garrett guy, he seemed okay. Uh, He got Thor on the show, but then he talked about Lin-Manuel Miranda for too long. And (laughs) then his kids kids health problems. I don't know how that story ended up, but uh, (laughs) his dads get sensitive, man. Oh no, it's, it's good. I I think people, um, you know, guys, you gotta be tough and you gotta, but that's, that's kind of the, the point of the podcast. You know, we're, we're dads. I think people that come up, we're dads first. Right. Um, we, we can talk football, but ultimately your kids are number one. And, and the, 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 I mean, love, it's just love. It, the love that you have for these kids and what you want to do, it's that, that comes first. So, well, and there's, it's, there's commonalities, right. And there's like, I think, and it doesn't have to be, I know you don't have to be a dad to listen to your show. And I know you've got a lot of people that listen that aren't dads, but I think it's unique and refreshing to hear people talk about stuff like, emotions guys that are like hey here's something that's important to me it's not all like man i like football and beer and did you remember baywatch in the 90s like you know (laughs) like it gets like real things and yeah you know that's you get a personal connection and you can identify and vibe with the people that you're listening to on a different level that that makes for a good show man so it's i'm happy you asked good well hey thanks for coming on uh feel free to i mean you can pub anything you want. You want to talk about your Batman show or your, I mean, this is, this is your moment to kind of, Ooh, let them know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, if anybody wants to, I talk about 
Matt can attest to it. You, I talk about all Literally sorts of everything. stuff. If you need a guy in any place or anything, talk to Garrett because he knows know. someone in every know category. Yeah. So and somebody that might, you know, somebody that might have a hookup or inside scoop on something. I, I just love making connections. That's what it is. <laughs> but I have a varied amount of interest. You can um, watch me talk about them or write about them over on Twitter. I'm at Garrett Wato. That is at G-A-R-R-E-T-W-A-T-O. The W-A-T-O, you might be asking, is not my last name. Um, it stands for What Are the Odds? It was a fantasy football podcast that I had for a few years with two of my best buddies that we played college football with. Those episodes are still up any place you'd want to get um, you know, uh, podcast content, fantasy football knowledge uh, from about a year and a half ago, nice. <laughs> which is the yeah. last time that refreshed. But a lot of funny stories. Ours was a, uh, hey, let's let's have some heart and uh, talk about being friends for 20 years and, um, you know, rip on each other and have some fun. It was a, it was kind of a fantasy football advice slash uh, buddy lifestyle show. So those are still up and available. Otherwise, the podcast that I host currently is the Batman on Film podcast. Batman on Film was one of the very first internet fan sites uh, created back in 1998 by Bill uh, Jet, as it was his alias at the time, or Amy. And I've been hosting that podcast. Um, well, I've been a con- senior contributor to the website since 2017, host of that podcast for just over a year. So if you like superheroes and particularly Batman, but we kind of cover a little bit of everything nerdy, um, you can check out that anywhere. High quality podcasts are found as well. Nice. And we, the Dynasty Dads, are brought to you by DynastyTradeCalculator.com. Stop guessing. Start calculating. We're out. Thanks for hanging out with us on another episode of the Dynasty Dads podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Dads. 